The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. We're the Philadelphia fans. I can't even start this thing with any type of excitement, any type of, you know, bruh, you and I are Sixers fans, lifelong Sixers fans. Can you remember yourself ever being, uh, as, uh, angry with this team as you are now? Let's just put it out there. Have you ever been this angry with this team as you are right now? I'm not angry at the team. Who are you angry with? Well, well first, of all, first of all, are are you are you are you angry? Let's start right there. Are you angry? I'm angry. I'm I'm, I'm angry with myself. Angry with yourself? Why? What did you do to deserve CJ, you being angry with yourself? CJB, what happens is, all right, so for those out there, normally start of a week, I'll hit JB up, see what his schedule's like for the week, see what time we can get together to give you all some, some content. Um. Mm-hmm. I haven't been doing that during the playoffs. No. I've been very quiet. Mm-hmm. It, intentionally. Because what I wanted to do was, for a brief period, stop being objective and watch like a fan. Okay. Watching like a fan means I'm not looking to really break down X's and O's the same way, matchups the same way. What I'm doing at that point is just I'm almost looking for excuses in my brain where I think my team can win. Mm-hmm. And I'm choosing to believe that they can win at that point and attaching hope to it. I should have known better. I, I should have known better. Mm. You have a point guard who can't shoot. I I know I'm opposed to that fundamentally. You have a point guard who won't shoot. I know every time we've brought that up, I've said clearly I think he needs to be more willing to take shots. Mm. But I was willing to ignore that. You have a secondary scorer who's known for disappearing in in moments. I chose to ignore that. Your secondary scorer is also not truly a great defender. Your 
So these are all things I chose to ignore mm. in order to just flat, flat out root for my team. And see, here's the thing. I'm not necessarily as high on Trey Young as everyone else is. No. In and, fact, and, and, and let's let's hold let's. On, let me, hold on, hold on. Let you me sure? Real quick. Okay. Yeah. Let me finish. But the thing is that, although I'm not very high on Trey Young, and the thing is with that, me saying that. If Ben Simmons maintains his regular season 65% free throw percentage, this series is over in five games. Mm-hmm. Shooting 30%, you blow a big lead in a close game four, you blow a big lead in a close game five. So, but these are all things that. I know who these guys are and I chose to ignore it. So I'm mad at me. That's very mature. And I didn't I give, even mention the coach yet. I, I, I give you credit for that, I, man. I didn't even mention the coach yet. I give you credit for being very mature. I give you credit. I, I admire that about you. I think one thing that we can both say is that we have, we both try to be honest on this show. Mm-hmm. We both very well try to be honest on this show. And I'm going to be honest right now. I hit, I sat here and I listened to you and I thought you were very honest. I thought you were very, you know, you were to the point and you made good points. I like that about you. That's not me. <laughs> I'm not mad at myself. I'm mad at this team. I'm mad at this team for the situation for the situation that they have put me in. I feel and, and I feel as a Philadelphia fan, one, I feel like I am in the same position. I, I've now been put in the same position twice this year. Whereas there are people there, there's, there's been a loud clamor of people who are ready to get rid of Ben Simmons. It's gotten louder and louder every year. And I, for one, have always been, I've been a Ben defender. I don't think I've looked at his, I don't think I've necessarily looked at his deficiencies with rose-colored glasses. But I've given him the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, man, this is something that can be fixed. And if he fixes it, he will be lethal. He is somebody that I feel like, you know what? If he gets this right, he could be a game changer. And I did not want to see Ben Simmons get it right in some other team's uniform. I didn't want I did not want to see that. But just like we were we just like when we were in this situation a couple months before with Carson Wentz. It has gotten to the point where it's like, I can't defend bruh no more. I don't want to defend bruh no more. It is what it is. I haven't necessarily changed in my views, but it's like, you know what? 
bruh, if I'm out here in these Twitter streets, if I'm out here on social media defending you, you cannot go four straight games without taking a shot in the fourth quarter. Yes, yes, he can. Because he did. Yeah, well, look, not if you want, not if you want to have me up on my little podcast talking to my little, you know, my little audience defending you, which I've done time and time and time and time again. Bro, I can't mm-hmm. defend you. I can't. Bro, it, it can't be games when you're sitting here saying, hey, man, if you hit four or five more free throws, we win. But this is a game where you probably miss 10. Mm-hmm. If you go 50% on that 10, we win the game. I, bro, I'm d- d- full transparency. I am six foot four, over 400 pounds. You put me on a ball court, put a ball in my hand at the free throw line. You give me 14 opportunities to make a shot. I am making more than four. I don't plant. I'm not out here. I've never been somebody who come on this show and act like I can hang with NBA players. I can't even hang with the family of NBA players. I did not play basketball in high school. I did not play basketball in college. And, bro, I can barely play NBA live. I'm not a pro, you know. I like the sport of basketball. I like to watch it. You put a ball in my hand in my, in my, my, my driveway. I hit some shots. Bro, I'm telling you, I know I could do better than 23% from the free throw line in the NBA. I know that, you know, you put, look, I I would average less than a field goal a game. But if I get to the free throw line, I'm going to get me some points. If I could get to the free throw line, I'm going to get me some. That might be the only way I get buckets. I might never make it down to the other side of the court to play defense. I sit here cherry pick, but bruh, I can't defend Ben Simmons anymore. And it's like, I feel like that loss. And, And I'm frustrated because I feel like I don't necessarily feel like I was wrong in my thinking or wrong in my philosophies. But I'm put in a position where I can't argue them anymore. I, I can't I can't defend Ben Simmons anymore. Well, see, my thing is I, I ignored my own philosophies mm-hmm. in order to go along for the ride with this tick. Mm. Because when you looked top to bottom in the Eastern Conference, every team was flawed. Giannis has all the same flaws Ben Simmons has in his game, minus be, being afraid. But the inability to shoot. Actually, Giannis has less moves, offensive moves, than Ben Simmons. Giannis mm-hmm. has, no, he has no moves. He has one move, but get a running start, go to the rim. Mm-hmm. But he's not afraid. Ben Simmons let fear paralyze him. Mm-hmm. And before everybody, anybody thinks I'm putting it all on Ben Simmons. It's not. Or or before anyone thinks I'm putting it all on Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Glen Rivers for a bit. Oh man, you ain't you ain't, you ain't even calling him Doc no more, huh? Because there was a show we did in the off season after Brett Brown was fired, and when Mister Rivers was brought in. I remember the conversation going towards because JB, you know this. Mm-hmm. I was always the first one to say Brett Brown may not be the best coach in the world, mm-hmm. but I never believed he was the biggest reason for the Sixers' shortcomings in the past. Okay, I've said it repeatedly, and now. We went and we got Glenn Rivers, who he's blown more 3-1 series leads than anyone in history. I don't believe there's anybody else who's blown more than one. And he's blown, what, four? Three, four of them? Something like that. Then he got the 2-1 lead this year with a big lead in game four blown a big lead in game five blown we see a real reluctance to make in-game adjustments we see all saw him get what appeared to be out coached during the the series as well pretty much in a similar manner to many of the same things we saw with brett brown and it brings you to a point where you have to believe that the biggest issue is roster construction. Mm. Well, and the reason I say the biggest issue is roster construction, because you have a roster that's constructed to operate at its highest point when Ben Simmons is facilitating and distributing. But in the highest leverage moments, I've got to take the ball out of the guy who runs the offense's hands. And you remember that stretch at the end of the season where Ben Simmons didn't play? Mm-hmm. What did the Sixers' offense look like? Stagnant, not really cohesive, because mm-hmm. Simmons, for all of his fl- flaws, is a very good passer, facilitator, and setter of pace. Mm-hmm. But I mean look look get, at last year look at last year's playoffs. Last mm-hmm. year's playoffs without Ben Simmons. They got swept. They got sw- they got swept. Offense never looked intact. Mm-hmm. Offense never you know ben, we were sit it, it, it's crazy to me that we have now in two consecutive years have now seen the full gamut of Ben Simmons emotions last year Sixers get swept in the playoffs without Ben Simmons and people were saying how much of a difference would Ben Simmons make how much of a difference would Ben Simmons make in this series against the Celtics had he been there had he been able to facilitate had he been able to run that offense it was a whole bunch of what ifs that whole that whole summer you come back this year you get Simmons and Simmons has an up and down season you know he he had some good t- he he had some good moments, but he struggled. He struggled, and also the knocks that people were making about his offense were still there. Still reluctant to take jump shots. 
His his free throw percent like his free throw percentage was not the abomination that it was in this in this playoffs. But nonetheless, it you didn't you didn't you go into this this year's playoffs and you're like, all right. Ben is gonna have to do, you know, Ben has to give you a little bit more on the offense as far as scoring. Shooting the ball because you know that defenses are going to back up off him. You know defenses are going to give him that mid range jumper. You know he's not gonna be Steph Curry out this piece. You know he's never gonna be that guy that's just out there jacking up threes. He's not even gonna be Giannis and shoot Look, you out of a game. But you don't have to be that. Yeah, no, I, just, I understand. Yeah. All he has to do is become confident from the free throw line, 70% plus. 70% is very, very low for mm-hmm. NBA guards. He has to get the 70% plus, and he needs to have some sort of willingness to shoot, not when it's like the spot-up catch-and-shoot or off the dribble pull but when the defense is abandoning you and leaving you to your own devices. You got to make them pay. You got to make them pay. You got to make them respect you because you're making your teammates' job harder. And let me, I'm sorry, go ahead. Like that double team gets to Embiid faster when your guy doesn't have to guard you at all. If mm-hmm. I could sit 10 feet off you, you anytime you're on the perimeter, I'm right there to be on Embiid or double Tobias or anything. This whoever is, else has the hot hand. This is an adjustment. I don't have to guard him. This is an adjustment that Nate McMillan made in this series. In the first couple of games, Embiid was killing the double team. He was finding the open guys. You drop Trey Young down there to uh, you drop Trey Young down there to try and double team Embiid. He's fine. He's finding Seth. He's fine. You know, he he's finding his jump shooters. But as that series goes on, and you see that De- Ben Simmons has pretty much said, you know what, I am not trying to shoot. It got to the point where Ben Simmons didn't even want the ball in his hands. You watch that series. Especially when you start getting to game three, game four, game five, game six, game seven. You give Ben Simmons the ball out of bounds after they score. When is he giving the ball up? Ben Simmons is giving half court, if that. Half court, the other team's free throw line. How many times did you sit there and watch Embiid bring the ball down court when he didn't have to? Not on a break. When he shouldn't. Not when he didn't have to. When he, when he shouldn't. shouldn't. Why? If you're the point guard, why are you watching your? Why are you watching your center bring the ball down court to set up your offense? Mm-hmm. I, Which like, means like he's I'm not probably not in the scoring position. Then. I'm not blunt. You saw this too, right? Because mm-hmm. I look, man. You you the basketball guy. You the coach. You the player. You played at a whole bunch of different levels than me. You played college ball. I played at the Y. You played college ball. I played at Crestmont Park. But you saw that, though. You saw Embiid bringing the ball down court. Tobias bringing the ball down. Now, I understand that sometimes they use Tobias as a secondary ball handler. That's still your four. Mm-hmm. Crucial games, you got your five and your four bringing the ball down court, setting up the offense. And to me, I feel like, like you said, and 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 
maybe we'll use this as 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 a way to pivot back to Doc Rivers. I understand you you know he's he's not Doc no more after this off after off this off season deal. But I feel like I I feel like this is a test of Ben Simmons's metal. And I'm not quite I'm not sure if Ben Simmons is up to this. And I will tell you I, I will tell well, see, you why. Well hold, hold on, let, 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 let me let me make this one point and I'll and I'll and I'll yield yield the floor. Mm-hmm. Because I feel, you know, we you me shout out to Javon Alford, because we talk we talk during this, this these games. And I said, you know, I hate narratives. I feel like this city pushes narratives. This fan base pushes narratives over reality. This what it, you know, the visual over the reality. Oh, no, go ahead and say what I said. Because you said that right after I made a comment. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and say what I said. And I I, I said, you know what? I I said, you know, we we push these narratives, but for, for the first time in a long time, you know what? You, you might be on to something. He doesn't look interesting. I look at the changes that he makes, and I'm not co- and I'm not sure if Ben Simmons is up to that self, you know, the the moments of self introspect that he needs to in order to see this through. It ben- reminds me. It reminds me of a conversation we had about Ben in the past Mm -hmm. about improving versus evolving. Okay. And I say, like, I see him improving, getting better at the things he does, but I don't see his game evolving because I don't see him adding anything to it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just getting better at the things he already Mm -hmm. does at a fairly high level from the time he came Mm -hmm. in the league. But with every other pro, you see them mm-hmm. add moves, add little things, add a couple little range to their jump shot. Yeah. You know, add a post game or mm-hmm. add, no, no, I, not, I, no and, and I always ask the question: What has been added to his game? I feel like and let, let me let me add something to this. I want to put this out there because I want your opinion on this because I feel like part of the problem it when we talk about why it's in Ben's head, what's in Ben's head. What I see from Ben Simmons is this is the first. I think this is the first time in Ben Simmons's career, in Ben Simmons's basketball life, whereas the 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 faults of the team fall on him. It's never been his fault. You, see, here's the thing. Well, well, hold on, and, and let, let me let right, me let, let me expound, and then and, and and I'll give it to you. It's never been his fault. You look at high school, he was the best player on the team. College, he was the best player on the team. If those teams had short if those teams had shortcomings, it wasn't his fault. And if for the, the first time, player on the team, it is your fault. You have to own that. That's part of what comes with the best player on the team. You own the wins, you own the losses. That, I mean, that 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 is a mentality. I don't think it, but do, would you agree not everybody shares that mentality? I don't believe he shares that mentality. Well, I, well, it's becoming completely obvious that he doesn't share it. But I feel like this is the first time in his life where he has to look at himself and say, what can I do to make this situation better? And I'm not sure that he's built like that to ask himself, to truly ask himself that question. I am not sure if in Ben Simmons's heart of hearts, he feels like these issues are his fault. This team's, 
This team's shortcomings are his fault. I understand what you and I see because it's obvious. This is not your point or my point, you know, failing to reach one another. I don't feel like you don't understand what I'm saying. And I certainly don't feel like I don't understand what you're, you know, I, I hear you. But I am not quite, I am not convinced that Ben Simmons is sitting there laid up in his bed right now. If he's up in his bed, cause it's only eight 30 when we, you know, when we have this conversation, but I don't know if Ben Simmons is laid up right now thinking, man, what can I do? I got to get this jump shot. I got to, you know, I got to do this. I don't know if that's what, I don't know if Ben Simmons is built like that. I don't know if Ben Simmons can do that. Well, see, here, here's the thing. This playoffs made me realize something about Ben Simmons, at least as of right now. I'm not saying this could never change, but what I am about to, put forward, the theory I'm about to put forward is somewhat contrary to the typical narrative on Ben Simmons. The narrative is that he's unselfish to a fault. Mm. Would would, would you agree on Ben Simmons' game is unselfish? Yeah, he's, he's He's all. He is always going to look. He's he's the guy who always looks to make that extra pass, even when you don't need to make the extra pass. But see, here's the thing. I've realized something. Ben Simmons' game is very selfish. It's extremely selfish. How so? Because he will, in order to not risk looking bad at something, hurt the team. In order to not risk looking bad at free throws or not looking bad at jump shooting, he will do things which are a detriment to the team on the court. That is selfish. Because the only reason for that is because I'm scared. I don't want to look bad. Mm. I might miss. I might have to go to the free throw line and miss. That is that doesn't work for me, you know, mm-hmm. that is, but that's a revelation I had watching these playoffs. No, like, no, you, we no. keep thinking this guy is unselfish. No, this guy is very selfish mm-hmm. because your number one job, especially as a point guard is to make things easier for the rest of the team, for everyone to make the offense work properly. Agreed. And he's making everyone's job hard. Agree. Agree. And I like, what makes this frustrating, and honestly, what 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 makes this frustrating, is because you're sitting here now and you we're looking squarely at what could be the end of the Ben Simmons era in Philly. I don't know if he'll be back. I don't know if they can bring him back. I don't, you know, I I I, I honestly I, I don't know. And it's like, I was a firm believer in the process. I was always a firm believer in the process. I was a firm believer because I felt like in this city, we have always felt like the, the, 
the answer to a team that's not winning is to tear it down and and rebuild it. You will hear you know you you will hear claims like that no matter what team it is when they don't win. Mm, it depends on your situation. Now mm. with the situation the Sixers were in, where you had several bloated contracts, so you don't have money to bring in a max player, and at that point. Philly, while it's a major market, was not necessarily somewhere we can call a destination city. It's mm. not New York, L.A., Miami. It's not state income tax-free mm. ta- Texas with Dallas or Houston, which, believe it or not, goes a long way when you're counting millions, when you don't have to pay state income tax. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of these places. But it is a major market. It is a big city. But you know, fans are expecting top five market results, and no, we weren't getting. If you're them. stuck in the middle of the road, you're at a place where you're too good to to miss the playoffs, be in the lottery, and bring in top talent. Mm-hmm. But, but you're not bad. You're too bad to compete for a championship. Everyone knows you're not a real contender. That's you're, you're in basketball purgatory. That's I mean. But that that was the post Iverson Sixers. Mm-hmm. They'd make the playoffs, not get eight, a, seven or eight, a seven or eight seed, not the get a lottery pick. Sixers. It was like, but they were making the playoffs every other year. They'd make the playoffs, mm-hmm. not get a lottery pick, no, not be able to improve, mm-hmm. and then the next season, not make the playoffs, get a well, lottery miss- pick. But when they miss the playoffs, if 16 out of 30 teams made the playoffs, they're number 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14, mm-hmm. where you're at the bottom of the lottery is not really a top. Bottom of the lottery, yeah, you're not getting a game changer, but you're still getting a uh, you're getting a good player. A player that when put into your mix gets you nice enough to get right back to that eight or seven seed. Mm-hmm. Then you make yeah. the playoffs, not make the lottery, not be able to improve. You're an NBA purgatory. Yeah, and I feel like when they finally when, when they they risked it all to bring in Andrew Bynum, they find they went all in, put all our eggs in one, you know, traded mm-hmm. what was probably their best draft pick in a long time, in and say whatever you want, you know, it was Nick Vucevic. Their best, you know, their best post Iverson player, Andre Iguodala, to bring in Andrew Bynum, who gave them absolutely nothing. So when it came time to, when it came time for the process, it was like, hey, you know what? It was probably the right move. Yeah, it was the right move. Let's blow this all up, and let's start over. Let's get. The thing let's, with the process was you missed on some picks. You missed on a few picks. You, you missed, missed on, on more than you hit. Yeah. If we're honest about it, no, you no. missed on more picks. You missed you on more. Po- you missed on more picks than you hit. But the Michael fact, Carter Williams, Nerlens mm-hmm. Noel, but you, Jaleel Okafor. But that. But I think what in Sam Hankey's vision of the process was, you, he, he knew he was not going to hit on everyone. But he put he tried to put himself in a position whereas if you see that it's not working, 
you cut bait and you put yourself in a position to try and hit on somebody else. And as, I agree. But but, but you, you you gotta hit it higher than a thirty three percent sex success rate. Oh yeah. No, I understand. You got to. If, I, if you're picking in the top five of the draft, mm-hmm. I need more than one of one out of every three of those players mm-hmm. to be good. Well, I will say this: when I need two out of three at least, two out of three. When 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 the Sixers were ready to turn the corner, you had Embiid, you had Simmons. Mm-hmm. When they were saying that, hey, you know what? These of these all of all these high draft picks that we took. Mm-hmm. Of the Nerlens, of the Jaws, of the Darios, mm-hmm. your MCWs, these Markel Fultz. He's a lot of yeah, guys. He's these are the two guys that we. These are the cornerstones. We found our cornerstones. It's going to be Ben. It's going to be JoJo. This is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. All right, People. so just let me count real quick. Okay. I'm going to let you finish. I just want to make sure we got a good yeah. count. Yeah. So, Ja, Nerlens, MCW, MB, Fultz, Simmons. Sorry, we can and, throw. And, and Sarge. Sarge. We'll throw Sarge in there, too. So, that's what? Seven lottery picks? Seven lottery picks, yep. Two of them. Two of them. And one of them is extremely flawed to the point where you can, people are wondering if you can win with them right now. Well, here, well, here, this is well, this is the thing. You heard people go back and forth over whether or not the process was a success. There are people calling the process a failure. There were people that, that doubted the process from the very beginning. Said this isn't going to work. This is, you know, this is bad for basketball. Tanking's never going to work. You know, blah, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I feel like now that we're we. As we get to the point, the point that I'm making is I felt like I have always defended the process, but just like Ben Simmons, I can't do it anymore. And I will say, I say it this way. The process in theory is still a viable way to build a team. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I, I agree. Six, I think the Sixers proved as much. When you get as many top five picks as they got, when you get as many lottery picks as you got, when you get three number one picks on your roster, you should be able to build a team that can compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. But you have to have some. So from that standpoint, yeah, viable way to build a team. But you have to have somebody making those picks who's going to get the right. Mm-hmm. Sam Hinkie was just, uh, I'm going to th- throw everything at the wall and see what see sticks with my picks kind of guy. That's not, eh. and Colangelo's, those guys have been over throughout their careers as much, what's the word, as much notoriety as they have, as much as their reputations are what they are throughout NBA, the NBA community you still have to look at them and say, uh, really, what have you done to mm-hmm. build a team that was better than an NBA purgatory level team? Mm-hmm. You know, you bring in a lot of, like, they build a lot of teams that are middling. And truth be told, during the Colangelo years, that seemed to be where they were headed. Yeah. No, you- so, 
Well, I, I guess I I look at this as as we as we approach uh, 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 the fork in the road with Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. where you have to make serious decisions as to whether or not we are going to keep this man or move on. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point in time, Ben Simmons is value probably hasn't been lower. Never been lower. It's never been lower. You're saying it, it's never been lower than right now. No. No, I okay, then we're on the same page. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. If I would, it's never been lower than right now. You trade Ben Simmons now, you're trading him and you're taking an L. Mm-hmm. You took an L on Nerling. You took an L on Ja. You took an L on Fultz. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think but that's Pop, what's going to happen when you get picks wrong. Yeah, but but what I'm what I'm saying is now once you now that you you've missed on picks, mm-hmm. Nerlens wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Ja wasn't it. Fultz wasn't it. But, but that's what I mean when I go back to where I say that you got to have somebody making these picks who knows what they're doing. Because once the pick isn't it, mm-hmm. you'll never get that pick's value out of it. Now, I, it's like, you just can't. Like, I, I take a guy number one, mm-hmm. and he turns out to be a fraud. You know what happens? I'm not going to get number one pick value. No. I'm, no. I'm going to get second round pick value mm-hmm. out of him now. Because everybody in the league knows this you guy is not market. good enough and they're bailing out on him. You, you traded Fultz and Ja for people who weren't on the roster the very next year. Mm-hmm. That was the number one pick, number three pick. Mm-hmm. Both both traded for players who weren't on the team next year. Probably the most value they got for trading, uh, for trading process uh process lottery picks. Thought the MCW trade was probably a pretty good trade. Was able to get another first a first that you were able to flip a couple of times to put you in a better position, and then you were able to package Dario and uh, Covington to get Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Those are two. Those you are, couldn't keep because of Ben Simmons. Couldn't keep, yeah, but still, I, I think that was probably the best value you got when you look at trades they've made for those guys for process lottery picks. But Jimmy Butler left in free agency. Mm-hmm. After half a season, I understand that. How much value is that? We're comparing value of the picks that they of the trades that they've made. I didn't say that this was a great but trade. What, I'm just what I'm. But, I'm, but what, I'm just saying though, keep it in perspective. Like it, it is probably one of the better value deals. Mm-hmm. But how much value, value did you? No, I understand. Value did you really get? Because all you got is a half season of Jimmy Butler, and then he left in free agency for nothing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like you traded Jimmy Butler to they get They did trade back. him. Well, well, they traded him for Jason Richardson, who then got traded for Seth oh. Curry. Okay. Well, okay, you're right. The Jimmy Butler deal did end up being a sign and trade. Mm. But, but, no, but, but, your, but, but your point is that... Uh, Seth Curry. So Seth Curry is decent. Yeah. But that's the value you got for it. Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry. Nobody's saying Seth Curry for Jimmy Butler is... is, is but Seth Curry for Dario and Covington, which is what essentially which, what you, uh, the Sixers' own capital that mm-hmm. they used—that's mm, fair. 
But That's... but I say all this to say that now in when you're now looking at trading Ben Simmons at for a loss, now it becomes harder and harder to argue with people who feel like the 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 process was a fail. That's where I am, where it's like, okay, you know what? I've been, I've someone who will get out here and I would defend the process because I felt like it was something that needed to be done. I felt like we, out of that, we got Joel Embiid, who is probably, who could finish his career a top five all time sixer. You got Ben Simmons, who at one point in time you thought had a whole ton of potential, but. I think Joel Embiid is a top five all-time sixer right now. Okay. You don't have you don't have five better than him. Mm, okay. Doc Charles AI are Doc, you Doc, Doc Doc Charles AI will Embiid. Problem was Wilt was well you know Wilt Wilt sit you're talking six you know you know you're talking sixers versus warriors. You know, mm-hmm. but but still, nonetheless, is even if you want even if you want to take Will out at this point, you're talking Moses, even though he was only here for a couple he of for, seasons. He was here for a cup of coffee. Yeah, great great player, but you're great player helped bring a championship years. to to the city. But mm-hmm. but nonetheless, but nonetheless, you what I'm saying your your point your, your point and my point aren't far off. Where it's like okay. If you if we're gonna hem and haul over Moses and Wilt in the you know as top sixes, that puts Embiid in there. Exactly. That's just, you know you're you're talking about moving Embiid from five to three. You know, mm-hmm. so, but nonetheless, you 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 got a franchise player in that deal. Mm-hmm. You know, should have should have had more. Should have had more. But no, none, no, get, no getting around it. Should have had more. Should have had more. Should have, you know, there, there. You can second, you can second guess almost all of those picks. Nerlens Noel over uh, C.J. McCollum. Check my, check my tape. It's not second guessing. Mm. You know, we've, we've, we've been doing radio for a while. I got <laughs> tape out here. It ain't second guessing. <laughs> man out here telling people to check his receipts. <laughs> none of, but none of, none of us, that's where we are, though. We're at the end of Ben. I, I to me, I, I, I just, I don't know. I am not confident that Ben will, will take the look inside himself to improve himself. Whereas I feel like, you know, if you're Daryl Morey, and you're not necessarily, you didn't draft, if you're Daryl Morey, you didn't draft Ben. You didn't give you didn't give Ben that bone. You know you didn't re-sign Ben. You didn't extend Ben. Mm-mm. He Ben's not your guy. No, Daryl Morey's reputation has no attachment to Ben Simmons. Exactly, he, he doesn't sink or swim with Ben. So if you're Daryl Morey, you're saying to Ben, Ben, jazz in the gym. I don't need no. I don't need no Twitter videos. I don't need no Instagram tape. I don't need none of that. I need you in camp. Next fall, hitting Jays. I need you in games, hitting jumpers. I need you being able to give me in the regular season. You are a point guard who's 
who gets to the rim better than almost anybody. You you that is you get to the rim, you facilitate. I need you shooting at least 70%. A guard should be able to cough 70% in the league. I need last thing I'm gonna say. Okay. The last thing I really want to say, though. Okay. I genuinely, I truly hope that what we're seeing from Ben Simmons in the playoffs, to some extent, what we see from Giannis in the playoffs this season and definitely previous seasons will force basketball evaluators to weight, put more weight onto actual basketball skill and not just size and athleticism. Mm. Especially when we're looking at top picks, top of value, like max contract deal, like, Mm-hmm. At the time of the draft and the time you're giving out max contracts, we have to look at more than just size and athleticism. Mm-hmm. What are we actually talking about? Basketball skill. Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. No, I hear you. I hear you. And that's what makes this whole thing so maddening. Because this is where we are. It's probably, you know, this is probably the best Sixers team in the last 20 years. Clearly not saying much. Clearly not saying much, but still the best. This was a team that had legitimate championship aspirations. Not saying they were going to win a championship. We can't say they were going to win a championship because if they were going to win a championship, they wouldn't be home right now. But knowing what you know, do, do you think they literally had legitimate championship aspirations? I think or did you let yourself believe they did? I put too much faith in what ifs and that's why i started the show with i'm mad at me i'm not mad at me i put too much faith in what if i i I did the same but unlike you you want to blame yourself no i want to blame the sixes i'm mad at the sixes you want to know why why else i'm mad at the sixes let me let, let me show you why i'm mad at the sixes see this package right here see this package this is a good package. This is a live. This is what I'm going to do on this show for the people watching on the good Facebook. This is a live unboxing and unwrapping because I was trying to get ready for the Eastern Conference Finals. So what did I do? I got on the goodfanatics.com and I ordered me a couple of Sixers shirts. That's what I did because I just knew. Look, look, look at this joint. Got me the AI joint. Got got me another. Got two new Sixers shirts. Two brand new Sixers shirts because I ran because I because I was pretty much wearing Sixers gear every time they had a game, and I'm like, look, I'm running out of clean clothes. I need you know, I'm I'm. I'm I do my laundry whenever I can. Can't be out here wearing the same shirts every week. Got two new shirts. I can't. I can't wear these this season. I gotta wait till the off season. Can't wear no more Sixers gear. To, that's why I'm wearing Penn State gear now. 
I'm mad at the team, man. Mad at the team. I'm not ready to say Ben Simmons got to go, but if he goes, I won't shed too many tears. I'll understand. We're at a point where, as as Philly fans, this is going to be the we're going to lose Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons in the same year. It's, let's see what I what I don't want to do right now though is start talking off season. Yeah, I don't want to. It do is that the off season. It's not. It is six. Off off season doesn't start till after the finals, and you know, you know what's what. Mm-hmm. Guys actually can start opting out of contracts, and you know who's available. You know who's holding the market. Right now, we're playing a completely blind guessing game, and let let's see what the market looks like before we start talking about what's available and where we can go. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll drive I, 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 ourselves crazy like that. I, well, look, all right, that is fair enough. But nonetheless, I am sitting here and I am telling you, I am like, man, bruh. Um, I understand that we can't necessarily talk about the logistics of where Ben Simmons can go, who he's going. I'm just saying that if he goes and there's a good chance that he will, hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I, I will not struggle to accept that. Just oh, like, just like, just like with Carson, where it's like, I didn't want Car. I was frustrated with Carson. He wasn't playing well. There were issues within the Eagles season that fell directly at his feet. They were his fault. Wasn't the only problem. You know, just, I mean, similar cases. You're sitting there, you're looking at the ownership, you're looking at the coaching, you're looking at the player. Same with same with the Sixers. I look at the ownership, I look at the coaching, I look at the player. The player goes, hey, bruh. It is what it is. I still got my Ben Simmons jersey, but once again, I I ain't wearing that anytime soon. At least not outside the house. Gotta get me a maxi jersey. I don't even want to talk about it. I understand. All right, but look, look, you let us know what you. You let us know what you think of this podcast. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports or Jonesy and Brown. One word, Jonesy and Brown. Make sure you download this podcast wherever you get your local podcast. Just search Best in the World Sports. He is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Thank you for. Six is a They're done, and we're done for this week. We'll be back later with another good podcast. Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.